0: Today, we're going to be focusing on a very familiar passage to many of you. It's sometimes called the Great Commission. But in our meditation, we're going to focus on those um, words where God promises to be with us forever. So, this is Matthew 28, beginning at the 16th verse. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, Brothers and sisters, this is the gospel of our Lord. Amen. About 30 years ago, when I was a very young pastor serving my first congregation, a gentleman came to talk with me. Um, It was a very small church in the beginning. It grew by God's grace over time. But in those early years, uh, it was a small enough fellowship where you kind of knew every single person by first and last name. And if someone wasn't in worship... I mean, everyone knew it. I often felt sorry for people visiting in that congregation because everyone knew there was a visitor and it was kind of like a feeding frenzy. You know, a visitor, thank the Lord. But um, this gentleman had been uh, absent and uh, he sought me out to have a conversation. I'll never forget it. He said, you know, Bruce, um, last year we hired two new people to come on board. Our business, um, things were great. My wife and I were never getting along better. And then with this downturn in the economy, you know, we've lost about 30% of our customers. My wife and I are arguing all the time, and it's usually about money. He said, so um, I haven't been praying lately, and I haven't been coming to church because it's really hard to come where everybody else is so happy. So I'm not feeling happy. I I feel lonely and I feel um, isolated. I don't feel the presence of the Lord, so I've been been staying away. There's a lot that a young pastor could have said to a brother in that predicament. There's a lot that anyone should say to a brother or sister in that situation. And... um, going to ask you some questions. I don't want a show of hands. I just want to ask you some questions to to ponder as we move into our meditation this morning. Uh, First and foremost, um, is the core of worship, is the heart of worship, is the purpose of worship um, for you to have fun? (laughs) Um, Are you always shiny, happy people when you come here each week? Are you always just happy when you pull in the parking lot and decide to walk in, is worship only for shiny, happy people? Have you ever had times of um, doubt, fear, and worry that challenged your faith to the max? And when things have become difficult or disappointing in your life, have you ever found yourself in a situation where It was hard to pray and maybe you even stopped praying. I'm asking those questions and I'm remembering that brother's experience for many reasons. First of all, um, he's a member of the body of Christ, still is. So is his wife and they were in a bad place. And I suspect they weren't alone then and aren't alone now in those feelings and those experiences. Perhaps you felt that way for different reasons. Maybe you're feeling that way right now. And his remarks about abandonment are particularly uh, significant because of what we hear today in Matthew's Gospel. Uh, I am with you. I am with you always. I am with you until the close of the age, and that simply means, you know, uh, the end of human history as we mark time, this side of heaven, and then we simply move into a greater... Fuller kingdom for all time, forever. Well, that was 30 years ago, right before Christmas. Um, I talked with another brother in Christ. He is experiencing some depression. He feels utterly alone. And he doesn't think it's safe to share his feelings with uh, anyone, especially people at work. He knows I'm an early riser. We've known each other a long time. So at 5.30, he sends me a text message asking if we can talk by phone. So I went downstairs so as not to awaken my wife, Kirsten. And I listened to him describe um, what he was going through. He said, "There, there used to be so much joy in my daily tasks. And he said, but I haven't had that for a long time. He said that he felt isolated, and he just misses those better days when he sensed God's presence with him and he's really reluctant to tell anyone about his feelings because you see he's a pastor he's a pastor and he's scared that if he shares his feelings, if he's that honest, if he's that transparent um, it could cost him his J-O-B job because you know people sometimes put pastors on a pedestal don't they we always fall off so this morning, I want us to think about God's presence. And I, I, I think this is more than a hunch. My experience is, based on the conversations I've had with people through the years, is that it's not as difficult, it's easier, if you want to use that kind of language, um, to believe and trust that God loves us and God is with us and God is for us when things are going Well. When we feel good, when we feel good about ourselves. But the Bible teaches us that God is with us um, even when life is difficult, especially when life is hard, even when we don't feel his presence. So let's go back to our gospel reading. The disciples went to the mountain, they were told where they'd meet Jesus in Galilee. There's 11. That's not a typo. Judas is no longer with them. Uh, They haven't replaced him with Matthias yet. That happens in the book of Acts. So there's Jesus, crucified, died, buried, and risen. They worshiped him, and then you heard the words, some doubted. (laughs) Imagine that. Their doubts were real. Matthew wouldn't have recorded it otherwise. But there was a greater reality than their doubts, and that was the presence of the glorified, risen Christ, soon to ascend to the right hand of the Father. So, there's a lesson here. The true presence of Christ in our life is not dependent on the way we feel, (laughs) or even what we think. Paul teaches us in Romans chapter 8, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, Jesus was present with those disciples. Uh, The few that were doubting couldn't make his presence go away, couldn't separate Jesus' presence with them. Paul goes on to say in that chapter, it's not height nor depth, no principality power, not even death itself can separate us from God. So we have a promise that we belong to the Lord and He is with us even in death, which just leads us to greater life. And yes, even before we die, God is with us if we have a shrinking business, some really tough things going on in our marriage, if we're having difficulty with our parents or our children. So sometimes it feels as if God is not with us. And even Jesus had this feeling. Those of you who are new Christians may not have read this part of the Bible yet, but when Jesus was being crucified, he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama bak And that means, my God, my God. God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt alone, abandoned at that horrible moment. His pain, his agony was real. We may doubt God's love, we may doubt God's presence, but the Lord is always there. He was there at the cross. But sometimes what we're experiencing, what we're feeling, our emotions sometimes make it difficult to believe in the promise. And you know, even our brains can get in the way. We may doubt God's presence because it's just so great a concept for our finite minds uh, to understand. The thought of God being present, fully God, in the flesh in Jesus, is beyond human reason. I mean, how can a finite body... Contain the infinite. It's a hard concept to grasp with our limited capacity for understanding things that are divine. But this is not just a concept to be considered. That Jesus is fully man and fully God is a reality to claim and a promise to which we cling. Now, looking back in church history, uh, Jesus, to use our language today, blew the minds of a lot of people who struggled for faith. So much so that instead of accepting on faith that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, they tried to come up and concoct all these other different ways that would satisfy human reason to explain what happened on the cross. Because you see, people didn't want to even think that God, God, could suffer, could sweat, could bleed could cry out in forsakenness. And so those of you who've been here a while know that I, I taught a class on this years ago. There was one group, and they were labeled um, the docetists. It comes from a Greek word, docaine that means to appear. And so when they tried to make sense of the cross, they said, well, it looked like Jesus was suffering, but he really wasn't. He just appeared to. It was a great show. It was a great act. It was a command performance. He just did that so we you know we would, we would think that he was one of us, but there's no way that the living God would suffer that kind of passion, that kind of, that kind of agony, that kind of humiliation on a, on a Roman cross. So for them, it was all just a show, just a put on. And then there's another group, the adoptionists, and they said, oh no, Jesus really did bleed, he really did sweat, he, he really was in agony. But it was just a man experiencing that. And then God rewarded that really good man, Jesus of Nazareth, that great rabbi, that good teacher, that faithful servant, by adopting him and then bestowing upon him divinity in the resurrection. Well, those are both heresies that the church had to deal with uh, back in the day. But it's just an example of how even people who wanted to follow Christ you know, tried to, to, to make sense, human sense, out of his full divinity and his full humanity by denying one or the other. God promises that he is the crucified one. He is the one that is with us always to the close of the age, and that doesn't have anything to do with our feelings. God is present. And sometimes, and I want you, this is the practical application of remembering the importance of presence. Sometimes when a person, a brother, a sister, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker is going through a very difficult, lonely time, sometimes the best thing you can do is just show up and be present. Because I'm telling you, after all these years of ministry, um, I don't have a lot of people saying, Pastor, I remember exactly what you said when you met us in the emergency room at 2.30 a.m. when our son was dying. Nobody ever says that my words were so significant. They remember that I showed up. And they never talk about what any of you said when you're ministering to someone. They just say, you know, my brother, he just he took time to be with me. My sister came time to, to just sit with me and let me express my, my sorrow. Now, I don't know about you, but for pastors, it's really hard when you hear that people don't care so much about what you say, but just that you showed up. Because, you know, we're preachers. We're known for what we preach, what we say, right? So what did I preach on uh, two months ago? Anybody want to tell me? <laughs> but you showed up for worship, and I showed up here. And, you know, years and years ago, I would make my poor wife curse, and on Saturday nights, listen to the sermon I was going to preach the next day. And, of course, the only acceptable answer, having preached the sermon to a congregation of one, was, Bruce, that was probably the finest sermon I've ever heard. You know, she never said that. <laughs> And then sometimes she would offer me pointers. So uh, we both um, stopped blessing each other that way a long time ago. But someone's presence, here's the point, can mean so much more than their words. So even when it seems that God is silent, He's still right there. It's His promise. We may, like that brother 30 years ago, stop coming to worship because we don't feel like we used to. Uh, We may ignore God and try to live as if He doesn't exist. We may not feel that the Lord is Emmanuel, God, with us. But in the end, that's only our perception. That's our problem, not God's. He's with us. He sealed us with the Holy Spirit. We've been marked with the cross of Christ. And the Lord will never stop loving us. Even if we turn our back on God, He doesn't turn His back on us. He just yearns for the day that we come home. When I talked with that pastor in December who's feeling so alone and isolated, he didn't know um, what you all know that I experienced about a year ago a, a real throat punch emotionally when. I found out that my eyes are diseased, and that I'm legally blind, and I'm gonna go uh, more and more blind as time goes on. I shared that with him. And I wish I could tell you that I have stayed positive and upbeat every moment since that diagnosis, but that would be a lie. It would be a stinking lie. And I wish I could tell you that I have felt the wonderful presence of God each and every day and every sleepless night. Since I found out, my eyes are diseased, but that wouldn't be true either. But here's the deal. Even with my diseased eyes, I got 20-20 vision just like you when I look over my shoulder, hindsight, oh gosh, my vision's perfect with hindsight. I can look back and see where God was sustaining me, even though I didn't feel it. I've had my share of sadness and fear and anger and unlike that brother in ministry I'm not afraid to tell you that today so that says a whole lot about you and my trust in your faith and in your love says a lot about this congregation doesn't it Now I'm well aware, believe you me, I'm well aware that some people say it is wrong, wrong, wrong and inappropriate for Christians to talk about openly not feeling God's presence. I've even been told by some that it is sinful, sinful, sinful. But the Lord knows what we're feeling and thinking even if we don't say a word, am I right? And even King David who did great things in his youth and wonderful things in his latter years. Even David had feelings like these described in Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. That's not exactly the psalm of a shiny, happy person heading to the temple, is it? <laughs> See, the scriptures are real. They're the word of God, they're truth, and that truth speaks into our human condition and God's love for sinners like you and me. Jesus not only knew forsakenness on the cross, He knew thirst, hunger, joy, betrayal, fear, friendship, pain. And having experienced all those things as true God in the flesh, having been forsaken Himself, He has the power, He has the authority to comfort and assure those who also feel forsaken. In other words, Jesus has been there. He he, he walks His talk. And He's promised that He loves us and that He's with us. Yes, even when you feel alone, isolated, afraid. This morning, once again, first Sunday of the month, we celebrate Holy Communion. The communion ministry team has done their job preparing the wine and the bread. We receive the Lord's Supper. Jesus says, I'm truly present in this meal. It's a great mystery, isn't it? In, with, and under the elements of bread and wine, we receive the very body and blood of Christ... And hey, folks, I got some good news for you. Jesus showing up at his meal, that's not dependent on your feelings. You see, you don't have the power to make Jesus appear because you're in a good mood. (laughs) And you don't have the power to make Jesus disappear because you ain't feeling it. (laughs) The power belongs to Christ. And wherever you are, Emotionally, spiritually, wherever you are, Jesus chooses to come to you now in this holy meal. Christ has decided to come to you with his true loving presence. Martin Luther said so long ago words that are eternally true. He said the most important words in Holy Communion are those little two words that are spoken to each child of God each son and daughter of the living Lord my body my blood given for you you see it's personal he died for you he was forsaken for you he is for you and he is with you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen.